0: welcome to the crimson flow ministry podcast episode number 21 hello i'm charles caps in addition to listening to us from your favorite podcast directories we invite you to visit our website at charles caps crimson flow dot net amen all one word all lowercase and you can also find all of our podcasts listed on twitter at charles caps 19 amen and we're thankful that you're listening to us. Proverbs 23 and 23 instructs us to buy the truth and sell it not. Also, buy wisdom and instruction and understanding. And don't sell them either. Amen. When we find these gems, these, these things, we cling to them and we hold them precious. And we never let them get behind us. We never put them away. We never let it get dull. We keep it fresh and pure. Amen? So, we're going to try to find a little wisdom and instruction and truth and and understanding here in the message. We'll turn to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. And if I had to title this, I would probably call it Smack Dab in the Middle. Amen? Or maybe I'd call it smack dab in the center as we continue in the message. So the disciples of Yeshua, uh, seeing how John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray and everything, they asked Yeshua to teach them how to pray, and he was willing to do that in, in Matthew 6 and 9. He said, after this manner, therefore pray ye. Here's how you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, there's so many people who don't pray to the Father. They think that Jesus is the Father. They think that, uh, uh, you know, that's Old Testament. They think, you know, we only need to pray to Jesus. Folks, if you pray, we'll do it all in Jesus' name, but you must ask the Father. Hallelujah. If you want a blessing, you ask the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. You cannot ignore the Father. You cannot do away with the office of the Father. You cannot do away with the promises of the Father. If you'll remember everything that Yeshua did, he did it as unto the Father. He prayed to the Father. He glorified the Father. He spoke the Father's words. Uh, Kept all prophecy uh, according to the Father's will. Folks, look. If you want to be like Jesus, if you want to be like Yeshua, if you want to walk how He walked, you got to praise the Father and give Him glory. Hallelujah. So He said, After this manner, therefore, pray you, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Now, you know, there's a tabernacle in heaven, there's a throne, there's a place of of God's presence, amen, Uh, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, amen, and there's a place, though, of the center of God's presence and God's will and uh, all that God does. You know, there's four beasts that sit around the throne. There's four and 20 elders that worship before the throne. There's so many things that's going on in heaven, amen, and in heaven, his will is to be done, Hallowed be thy name, set apart, righteous, holy. It says, thy kingdom come. Whose kingdom? Now, again, are we talking about a physical kingdom? Or are we talking about the kingdom of God? Is this thing a spiritual kingdom? Amen? There'll come a time when there'll be a physical kingdom, but right now we're talking about the kingdom of God, the physical, spiritual kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I guess that's the best way I can say it so hallowed be thy name you are in heaven my father and you're holy you're righteous you're set apart and look folks if you're going to pray in this manner you also got to be holy and righteous and set apart i know that just blew some of your doctrine way out of the water how dare you say yes you can be holy and righteous and set apart or justified you must be folks It's time we did the Bible right and quit programming the the man of God and the people of God for failure. It's time that we say, "Oh yeah, he said that." Let me see, can I do it like that? Amen. If Jesus said it, I believe it. I, you know, I've heard that forever. But Jesus said it, but we don't believe it because we don't practice it. So therefore, we're not smack dab in the center of the will of the Son. Who was always right smack dab in the center of the will of the Father. amen glory to God so thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven And folks we you know we pray this every day sometimes many times a day um, and uh, we're, we're praying for the will of God to be done. Now folks we're gonna we're gonna enter into some scriptures here. And we're going to try to figure out what it might be like a little bit to be in the will of God or right smack dab in the center of the will of God. Amen? So now, let's turn to Romans chapter 2. Love this. Romans chapter 2, uh, excuse me, Romans chapter 12 and 2. It said, and be not conformed. In other words, don't fashion yourself to this world. Don't be like this world, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. Be you moved out of it. Hallelujah. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, if we're we're moving in this world... And we don't think we can overcome sin and we say we got grace and we got more grace and we got this grace and, and, and we don't have to keep no commandments and we don't have to do anything. Uh, we got grace, brother. Well, yeah. You're so mistaken to think that's all you need. You're, st- you're so illiterate to think that's all you need. And I didn't call you stupid. Amen? You're so illiterate because you err because you don't know the scriptures, amen. My people err because they don't know the scriptures. We have got some funny funny ideals in what we call the Christian church, and they ain't nothing Christian about them and there ain't nothing overcoming about them uh to be christlike uh I've got a couple of good friends that write a lot of articles and 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 they're talking about the Christ like person but they know that most people are not Christ-like. Amen? they got some other kind of likeness, and we'll leave that right there. Amen? So look, Paul said here in Romans 12 and 2, said, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that. Here we go. We've got a list. We've got that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're gonna try to prove this perfect will of God, but we got to get unwrapped from the world, and transformed into the love and the wrapping of our Father, and His Son. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you know, I was 35 years a master plumber. I owned some uh, uh, service plumbing companies, and I used to teach my my technicians and you know kind of a code that I lived by that. We tried to do a perfect job, every job that we did. And sometimes we succeeded, yeah? And uh, so there were some times, though, we couldn't find perfect, and we found good. And that was that was all right. I liked that, too. And I tell my people, as long as, you know, you're perfect, you're trying to be, you've got that good, you're, you're, you're admiring to be. And every now and again, there come a job along, and I'm going to tell you, it eats your lunch. Every time you tried to do something, it went wrong. Every time that you tried to uh, create a good work, it just wasn't there. And so that was where I found out and told my technicians, look, if it's acceptable, we'll take it. But anything less than acceptable, and, you know, I think our father would be good with acceptable because Paul said it here, but we want good and we want perfect. But we never want less than acceptable. Amen? So, we're going to look at this good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, let's move on. And let's go to Ephesians 6 and 6. And Paul says here, Not with eye service, or as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God, from the heart. So, uh, there's our first, you know, we were talking about the will of God in the Lord's Prayer. We were talking about the will of God in Romans 12. But now we have a definition of where that will of God is at and how we perform the will of God. He said, not with I service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, of uh, Hamasia, doing the will of God from the heart. Hallelujah. That's where it's all at is. It's a heart thing, yeah? And, you know, unfortunately, we're going to find some people with good, tender hearts towards God, and we're going to find people with some hardened hearts towards God and hardened hearts towards good doctrine. Amen? So, where are you at today? Examine yourself. Uh, See see where you're at in your heart as far as, doing the will of God. Amen. So let's go on. And we'll look at First Thessalonians uh, chapter 4 and verse 3. Now, I want to tell you, Brother Steve Squire has been preaching on this pretty good for a while, but I've had these scriptures lined up. Uh, amen. And 4 and 3 of First Thessalonians says, For this is the will of God. <laughs> the first thing you got to understand is not Charles's will. It's not Brother Steve's will. It's not Paul's will. It's the will of God. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that is your set-apartness, that is your righteousness, that is your justification. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Amen. Somebody shout amen. You see, folks? If you're committing fornication physically, spiritually, you're not in the will of God. You just can't do it. If you're sanctified, you walk right, amen, talk right as we were told many, many years ago. If you do these things and you commit fornication, you have erred and you're not in the will of God. And we've got a church full of folks in fornication against our God and against one another. We've got people in the churches that uh, are teaching Sunday school who are not married who are committing fornication. Folks, this is wrong. This should never be. You should never be trying to instruct people in the will of God while living in adultery and fornication. Folks, it just can't happen. And then also, You got people in the churches trying to teach, and they're given to idol worship. This can't be. You can't bow down before these idols. You cannot create them. You cannot worship them. You cannot adore them. Amen? And, yeah, it goes a little bit further. I mean, you know, uh, uh, an idol of a dog could be something that would uh, trip you up. Uh, So... Okay, dog it. So, anywhere there are all kinds of things that we could worship, and we could worship false gods. Amen. And we could worship our our accumulations, the things that we have. Uh, I had a little bit of a glitch in the program, but we're going to continue with it, and, and uh, uh, let's move on. Amen. Now, uh, again, First Thessalonians four and three is we're to be sanctified, and we don't do the fornication thing at all. Amen? And we will go to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10 and 35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. And that's a mouthful. There's a good sermon right there. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So, in other words, we're we're out here. We're working hard. We're looking for the will of God. We're trying to perform in the will of God, and we've done what we've been instructed. Uh, amen. And we've learned a little something about the will of God, and, and we're walking in that. And now, you know, we need to have a little patience. See, because a lot of times we want we want the uh, the promise immediately, right on the heels of the. Operation of doing the will of God. Well, folks, God's got a little bit of a time calendar uh, that belongs just to him, uh, all of the calendar. He moves at his speed, and and I'm not trying to, you know, put you off or put, you know, say that God's going to test you through waiting, uh, um, but oftentimes he does, uh, but we've got to know that, you know, no man knows the time of the hour, just the Father, and when God gives us a promise and we fulfill the will, we'll get the promise, we'll get the recompense, amen. We'll get that when it's due, and not before. But we need to have patience to to do that. Now, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And so, you know, oftentimes I had to say, patience, patience, easy, be gentle, It's all working like it's supposed to. Amen? Now, in 1 Peter 4 and 2, we find that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh, but to the lust, uh, uh, excuse me, that he no longer should should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Folks, when you have come to God, and and you you you're serving him, uh, man. We've got some mixed up doctrine around here, and 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 somehow people say Paul said you could do all these things, or, and, and you know if if not Paul, then Jesus said you could do all these things. But the, you know they're not in the scriptures. They're not walking in harmony with the scriptures. They're picking a little something here and a little something there and building unsound doctrine. And we're trying to give you sound doctrine. So now that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Amen. And folks, it's important that we we, uh, we live in the will of God. In first John 2 and 15, it says, Love not the world, neither neither the things that are in the world. And then, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wow. So if you love the world, the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. You can't have the love of the Father and love all this other stuff too. It's just not possible. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Amen? And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You can go out here and live this life anyway. It. It's your body. It's your right. You can, Yeah, you can say all this stuff. God can't make me. He could, but he probably won't. He'll let you make your own mistakes, yeah. And uh, he'll let you uh, run your mouth in foolish ways. He'll let all that happen. And you think you're somebody. You think you're something. You think you've spent 40 years getting away with all this. But there'll come a day when you'll wish you hadn't said all these things. You'll wish that you hadn't done all these things. And you'll scream and cry, oh, my God, what have I done? Forgive me. At that point, it's too late. Judgment is upon you, and you're not going to find forgiveness. You need to find forgiveness now. You need to find the will of God now. Can you say amen? You need to serve God now, not later. And you need to be conformed, transformed to the word of God, to the will of God. Amen. Now, here, one thing that we're seeing here. Through all that we've done, it seems like there's such a thing as called obedience. And we've got a church that doesn't believe in obedience. We've got a church that says, oh, you know, we I do the best I can, but, you know, I'm never going to be able to do. Yeah, you're a failure right there by the words of your own mouth. Amen? There's there's this thing called obedience, uh, uh, you know when Saul was out there in the battlefield with Samuel he you know Samuel, Samuel knew some some rotten stuff was going on and he asked Saul he said Saul have you done everything that the Lord God told you oh yeah I've done it and Samuel knew that was a lie and so he gives old Saul another chance he said look Saul come on now but Saul decided he'd continue yeah I've, I've done it all everything that he told me just the way he told me well, he didn't because he saved the cattle, he saved the sheep, he saved the, the spoil, he saved the king uh, Hagag, Agag alive, you know, all of these things. And, and he lost his kingdom over this uh, false assertion of truth. He didn't do the truth, but he claimed he did the truth, and he lost his kingdom. And, folks, we don't want to be that way. We want to learn how to obey, you see, for to hearken. Amen. To obey is better than what? Sacrifice. And to hearken better than the, the, the spirit of witchcraft, right? Uh you you've got to you've got to put all of this stuff away, these evil things that comes upon us, and we have to obey. And all through the scriptures, this word obedience pops up. So let's look at um let's look at Exodus nineteen and five. And now, therefore, if you will obey, if you will obey my voice, this is the Father speaking. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, covenant my commandments, my commands, if you will keep my com- covenant, that you shall be a peculiar, if you do this, if you obey me and you keep my commands, you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and who's he wanting? He's wanting the people who keep his commandments and obey his voice. And you say, "Oh, brother Caps, that's in the that's in the old book. We don't do that anymore. We found a better way." Yeah, no, you haven't found a better way. You, you don't. You can't even build a block house because you've thrown away the blocks. I mean, you don't even know where block one is because you've done away with the school teacher, the schoolmaster. Amen? You got no instruction. And, folks, you, it's so pitiful to see people out here trying to build when they have no instructions. They, they wallow around, put something up, tear it down, start over. Uh, it, it's pitiful. It's pitiful. But we do have instruction to obey and to keep the commandments. Amen? And if we do that, we'll be a peculiar people, a peculiar treasure. And so because that's old book, let's look at uh, 1 Peter 2 and 9. But you, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, amen you're kind of peculiar, amen and the only way that uh, we're chosen and peculiar is through obedience keeping what God told us to do the way he told us to do it amen, so we're closing in on this thing Titus 2 and 14 says who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, now who do you think this is? Of course, it's Yeshua. It's Jesus who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works, a peculiar people. And we like that. We've got that part down. Well, we're special. We're peculiar. We belong to Jesus. But we don't like that last part. Because, see, we don't like works. We don't believe you can do anything through works. Well, you can't get salvation as far as the gift of eternal life being given. But you can keep that salvation by doing good works. Because, folks, I hate to tell you, you know, it ain't once saved, always saved. I'm going to tell you Revelation 3 and 5 tells us that if, if you don't do it the way that Jesus is saying for us to do it, he could and will blot your name out of the book of life. Go look that up. Read it, amen. And uh, so we're looking here at being a peculiar people, and but we're peculiar because why? We're zealous of good works. Now, what would zealous of good works be? Well, it would be keeping the covenant. It would be keeping the commandments. It would be people who are totally surrendered to obedience to what the Father tells us to do. Amen. Now we're gonna. Close on this scripture, Deuteronomy 13, and I'll start with verse 1, and, and, and it's a big heavy chapter, and, and, uh, but we'll just do this one part of it. He said, therefore, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer, a dreamer of dreams, and he giveth thee a sign or a wonder, miracle, okay? And the sign or the wonder comes to pass, whether he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. See, because he did this thing, this miracle, called fire down, whatever, it's going to happen. When that antichrist gets set up, you're going to see it, yeah? And he's going to say, serve the beast, serve the image. And, 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 and we're not supposed to be doing those things. And he says in verse 3, Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord Jehovah your God, proveth you to know whether you love Jehovah your God with all your heart and with all your soul. What? We're being tested. Amen. So verse 4 says, You shall walk after the Lord your God, Jehovah your God, your Elohim. You shall walk after Jehovah and fear him and keep his commandments. And obey his voice, and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. Amen. And that word cleave, I get this image of holding on to the Father as hard as we can, as close as we can, that there's no separation between us and our Father. We're holding on so tight. And that word cleave could also be rendered cling as we cling to the old rugged cross, amen. But I'm here to tell you that if you want to be right smack dab in the middle of God's will, cleave to him closely with all your might, amen. God bless you. Hope you got a little something out of this. Amen.